What's up everyone, it's the Luke Cortman Show, episode 50, I'm fucking excited for this one, um, before we get into the show, I'm getting some plugs out of the way, uh, go follow me on social media, at Luke Cortman on Instagram and Twitter, and don't forget to like, share and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and wherever you get podcasts, also I have available right now, limited edition, first wave t-shirts, and uh, sizes medium and large and various different colors uh, so if you're interested in those you want to get some while they're in stock uh, DM me on social media and also I have stickers available in different colors like gold, silver, blue, red uh, you can put them on your laptop you can stick them on the back of your phone you can do whatever the fuck you want with them uh, so if you're interested in getting some stickers getting some uh, official merch from this podcast just DM me on social media and like and uh, sort that out for you. Um, <clears throat> damn man, episode 50. Uh, quite crazy um, being at this point now in uh, September. You know, I've been doing this podcast now since January, nine months in, you know, 50 episodes now. Um, I've recorded with this one, it'd be a total of 32 hours of podcasting uh, which is quite crazy you know this you know thinking back of these past 50 episodes uh, from the beginning you know when this show started it was called the going to hell show um, which I just thought was like a a cool name Um, but I don't think it really fit with what the show was Um, even though I didn't really know what the show was going to be at that time because uh, I was still new to it and figuring out, and it's still like that now. Um, and I just chose the Going to Hell show. I had a list of about 30 different possibilities, and that was the one that stood out. And then I think between either episode 10 and 15, I decided to change it to the Luke Cartman show. Um, it made a lot more sense calling it that because it is kind of, I think it's just self-explanatory. Like, it's about me and my world. Um, so I just thought that was I thought I'd rather go with that the Luke Cartman show it's simple you know people know what they're getting they're getting me if they don't know me then they'll get to know me sort of thing um, and yeah like even um, how I was in the beginning uh, of this show you know I was it was it's a, a sort of uncomfortability because it's something new and you're not really well you're just new to it Um and you're trying to <clears throat> like peel back the layers. You know, the same thing happens on stage doing stand-up is you first stand, you're going up there and you're peeling back the layers, trying to figure out what your voice is and stuff like that. And I definitely feel like the more that I've done this, that I've gotten better at it. Um, even if it's by a little bit, it doesn't matter. I'm getting better at it. That's the thing. Like, I'm not really sure how much uh, better I've gotten in terms of performance, it definitely feels better. I feel more comfortable. I feel like I'm being more myself and <clears throat> just in a good place with it. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's been kind of a roller coaster. And, you know, I like the free form uh, kind of format to it, just free flowing to where it's kind of chaos, to where you don't know what's going to happen every episode. And, you know, in the beginning, like we talk about different topics and maybe a movie. Then I start bringing segments into it. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, Would You Rather <clears throat> was a segment, one of the first segments I ever did. There was a couple of other ones in there too, like top three this and top three that and random ones like that. And then kind of just developed over time to I start bringing in new segments, like questions from the internet is when that has stuck around for a long time and is still here now. And I start bringing in, what does the bull say? Then I switched it and changed the name to Random Riffs. And it's been just uh, experimenting with different things and 
experiment with different topics, training different muscles <clears throat> uh, in my brain. Um, and it's definitely, I got to tell you, from uh, doing this podcast, um, I've grown as a man, as a comedian, and as a podcaster. You know, it's been a really beneficial uh, for me doing this show. You know, it's and I knew I knew going into it that this is something that I'm not gonna half-ass. You know, I just loved it instantly uh, as soon as I started doing it, and it was there would always be one podcast a week, no matter what. And then sometimes just I'd be feel spontaneous and I would do two or maybe even three. I'm sure there was one point where I did I think four in a week. Then it would, the next week it'd be maybe one or two, and then it would just always chop and change. And eventually it just kind of stuck to the once a week format. Um, the segments, like the questions from the internet and the would you rathers, I was doing those across multiple episodes in a row. And then now it's come to two episodes a week, uh, which I've only been doing for a couple of weeks now. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of like segments, like, I was having a conversation with my friend Peter the other day and we were talking about this. And I was saying about how like, you know, doing two a week uh, is, a ch is definitely a challenge. Um, more challenging than I thought it would be uh, in my head. I thought, well, I knew it would be challenging because it is two hours of content. But when I was doing it, it kind of just felt different uh, from doing it once a week. And like coming up with like, segment questions and segment topics and stuff like that like that can be quite uh can be quite tough um especially because i've covered a lot of stuff um in terms of topics and questions it's kind of quite can be difficult to find new things and he was saying well you don't have to do say a questions from the internet segment every episode you know keep it free flowing don't kind of lock yourself in because then you'll just creatively feel like a bit trapped uh, from that, I was like, you know what, that is a good point. So I think it is good to know and even good to say on this show now that not with every episode, you never know what you're going to get. You know, sometimes it might be talking about movies and then personal stuff and maybe a segment or sometimes it might be all segments and sometimes it might be no segments and I'm just talking about whatever. You know what I mean? So and I think I prefer that format, keeping it free, uh, free flowing. Um, it removes any sort of pressure, you know, that I've got to come up with these uh, questions and these different segments and stuff like that. Even though I love doing it, um, I feel like I'd be just, I'd perform better without even like thinking there is a pressure behind it, you know, because sometimes that cl uh, can block creativity. Um, it can also spark it, but I just feel like what works better for me is the chaos of it all. The constant uh, not knowing where it's gonna go. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, there'll be certain notes that I have, maybe there is things I specifically wanna talk about, but I don't know, I like the spontaneity of it all. And, um, you know, when I first started this, like, I don't know, like, I knew it was something I was just gonna continue to do, and, uh, do for the rest of my life. But now that I'm actually here, um, 50 episodes in, it is kind of weird. Um, you know, I've worked uh, my ass off this year. You know, these past nine months, um, I've learned a lot. Um, I've definitely learned that hard work pays off. You know, showing up every day does pay off. It might not pay off it tomorrow or the day after or a week after, but eventually, no, you'll get yours. It does pay off the, the more you do it. And, you know, I just, I don't know, it really sunk in uh, from doing this show, you know? And also the merch, you know, that was something that I thought about, had an idea then, you know, eventually that idea started to become more and more of a reality until it became a reality. And I don't know if it would have become a reality at this point if I didn't <clears throat> continue to show up. 
You know what I mean? If I was just half in this thing, you know, I wouldn't be at episode 50 right now and I wouldn't have merch and all these different things right now. You know what I mean? So um, daily attendance um, is something that I talk about, you know, frequently on this show. <clears throat> and it, uh, there's something to it. It works. You know, you show up every day, you pay your, you pay your dues, as they say, and uh, it works out for you. And, you know, I've got somewhat of a vision um, of where I would like this show to go and where I would like it to be. Um, But then I also kind of like to leave some of it up to, I'd like some of it to be unpredictable. Like I have sort of an outline of what I would like uh, in terms of plans for this show, what I would like it to be. But I would also like to keep that spontaneity there to where... You know, sometimes, you know, uh, like it can kind of ruin it for you if you just know how things are going to turn out. You know, if you know how things are going to turn out, there's no, like it kind of takes away the excitement. Uh, you know what I mean? So I think keeping that air of, I don't know uh, what where it's going to lead to, uh, what it's going to turn into and creatively what it'll look like. Um, I like that along with, also having some sort of direction of which I wanted to go in, you know? <clears throat> and I gotta be honest, um, I wanna say thank you to everyone um, who's been listening to this show um, from the beginning, you know, to now. And even if people have listened to a couple, um, I appreciate every listener and everyone who has decided to, you know, come and, you know, maybe escape from their day. Or maybe they just want to have a laugh or maybe, you know, they don't know where, they don't know what they're doing. Like, they're a bit fucking confused. You know what I mean? I was a bit like that and podcasting helped me out in that way. And I don't know, maybe you are looking for some advice and I don't have all the answers, but I, I could definitely share some of my insights from things that I've learned and things that I have could benefit other people. And because people do listen to podcasts for various different reasons. I think it just depends what you're looking for. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm, I gotta say, I'm really grateful to be able to do this and to create something that, you know, aside from stand up, to have a show where and a podcast that people can come to and you know, maybe they're on the shit day at work, they can go listen to the show and laugh. Or maybe they're looking for some advice in life and they need a little bit of direction. You know, not the full plan, but just a little bit of like, redirect their focus. They can listen to the show and maybe it could help someone. You know, and I gotta be honest, that is, it's humbling. Uh, thinking, well, listen, I'm not saying that I'm gonna turn someone's life completely around, but being able to maybe point someone in the right direction. Um, and help someone really um it kind of motivates me uh to do this podcast even more i get energy from stuff like that when i see that you know people are inspired from my podcast or maybe even just what i'm doing and what i'm trying to achieve and the motivation and focus and drive that i have you know it's uh it's just um it's a great uh, opportunity that I have and I will use it not just for myself um, I would do everything I can with it to help other people as well those closest to me and even people that don't know me you know I've seen you know from the beginning I've seen what countries this podcast is being listened to being listened uh, after, and it's predominantly the UK something like 80 odd percent the UK, but then there's also listeners in America, France, Ireland, India, and you know, even that's fucking mad to me to think that you know, there could be someone listening in America right now just giggling about me talking about whatever, you know, and I don't know, it's just mad, and I'm excited um, for what the future holds, not only with this podcast but also for me as a comedian and as a man, you know, I feel like I'm on a great path 
yeah, you know, the majority of my life, <clears throat> I fucked it up. You know, I got no problem admitting that. I fucked my life up uh, as a young man and as a teenager. Just, I was a train wreck. And, you know, if you were looking at me, there was literally, there was just no way I was going to turn it around. You know what I mean? Like the chips were stacked against me, so to speak. And I was just, you know, especially with the attitude that I had, there was no way things were ever going to work out for me. You know, I probably was going to have fucking liver failure and just fucking, you know, die on a curb somewhere. But uh, through time and through meeting the right people, surrounding myself with good people um, and focusing my energy in the right direction, uh, the world started to open up for me. And, you know, the rest is history. And uh, I don't know, it's just quite mad to be at this place. Um, I talk about it a lot, but I swear, every day I wake up and I think, fucking hell. Like, that's why I wake up early, fresh, have my coffee, I get right in. Because I'm like, I got another chance. I don't, as cheesy as it might sound, I don't take um, each day for granted at all. You know, this is like, you know, I got another chance in life. And I'm running with it 110%. You know, you got to strike when the iron's hot. So they say, and, you know, I'm doing this for me and for those closest around me uh, who believe in me and love me and want me to do good. And I'm going to prove myself right and prove them right, you know, and prove those who don't believe in it for whatever reason, or maybe don't like me for whatever reason, and prove them wrong. And uh, listen, I got no ill will towards uh, those people. You know, I wish them well. And um, yeah, it's not even going off track a little bit there. But uh, I don't know. It's, um, what was we talking about? Um, <laughs> it's a fucking, I'm on the uh, Kenko, rich, full-bodied, intense roast again. You know, courtesy of the Netherlands, home of the red light district, you know, drugs, canals and all that good stuff. You know, they know how to make some fucking coffee beans, you know. Um, what's been going on in life recently? Um, I decided, I decided to get back on Tinder. You know, this is like maybe the third or fourth time I've made a comeback to Tinder uh, this year. And it was what I expected. All, like, <laughs> I went on there initially because I was like, right, go on Tinder because this has worked before. I was like, I'll uh, speak to some girls, maybe meet a nice girl. You know, hopefully it does lead somewhere. Get some more podcast downloads. Like I'm promoting my shit on Tinder. And I know it's fucking, it's a shameless plug. What are you going to do? Um, and fucking, I was, uh, yeah, I was just back on that and, there was, uh, yeah, it was interesting, to say the least. I want to go into details, but I'm not going to at this time. Uh, at some point in the future, I will go into it, but got some more downloads on there. Uh, I was talking to a couple of interesting women, and um, <laughs> maybe I'll talk about it in my stand-up, uh, because that's not being recorded, and uh, that won't be listened to. But with this podcast, you know, I don't know, it's a bit shaky just to put out there right now. And also, I don't want to just... Out, out these women like that. I don't want to just... Because, I don't know, it's just evil. As hilarious it would be for me to do, and as much as I really, really want to fucking do it, you know, it's taken up every part of me not to. Um, I'm just not going to. Um, but I don't know, maybe if you just want to know what I'm talking about, uh, just, I don't know, DM me on fucking social media or something like that, and I'll fucking give you the lowdown. Um, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Tinder's it's a fucking train wreck. I mean, yeah. I, I've in, in the past I've met some interesting women on there before. Um, some cool ones too. You know, I'm not gonna say they're all bad. Um, some are very enthusiastic. Um, you know, it's uh, and it was there was even a couple of blasts in the past on uh, Tinder this uh, last time around. Um, I'm still on there, but I'm just, 
I don't know. I'll probably delete it in about two days. You know what I mean? They're just, uh, you just never fucking know. You know what I mean? It can get really tricky on Tinder. And people know that. If you listen to this and you've been on the dating apps, like Tinder or Bumble or wherever the fuck it is now, uh, it can get tricky. But this is how people meet nowadays. You know, you've got to fucking swipe on someone. You know, that's not what it used to be like back in the day. You know, back in the day, like in the 50s and 60s and that, it'd usually be like the guy was annoying this woman, you know, for like two years, just wouldn't leave her alone. Then eventually she was like, oh, fuck it, and just married him. You know what I mean? He just wouldn't fucking leave her alone. Then he go, but you do that now, and it's a fucking me too, you get thrown in jail, you lose your career and everything. You know, now, it's you've got to swipe, and then maybe you've got to swipe back, and then maybe, just maybe, you'll even get a message. Like, even those, <laughs> they seem quite tough to come by nowadays. Like, even if you message, you're talking for a little bit, couple of hours and it's just it's just over now that might be just my personal experience and other people don't have that problem but uh, it's definitely happened with me sometimes but uh, what can you do you know i don't drink anymore so uh bars like going out clubbing is kind of out of the question um obviously doing shows like comedy shows and bars and shit like that i'll do and you know i have met girls after comedy shows before um I would say almost every time, bar a couple of times, which is interesting. I don't know. I think it's when you get off stage, uh, there's a certain type of swagger to you. Um, even before going up, you kind of do see people, I don't know, kind of not sizing you up, but um, I don't know. It's almost like they can kind of see um, energy around you, uh, if that makes sense. Like this charisma's booming, like. And uh, it, uh, it's definitely helped. You know what I mean? So, what was, what was the what was the fuck was I talking about then? Uh, yeah, about Tinder. Yeah, it's just I don't fucking know. Um, I'm gonna be getting off there soon. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know my my approach is really like. Other than dating apps, how do people really get into relationships these days? Is it like through friends of friends and all that type of shit? I don't. I look, listen. I'm acting like I've been in a relationship from, in ten years. That's not the case. Um, I was in one kind of, I was kind of in one recently. And uh, yeah, that was, um, yeah, we won't even get into that because she might even be listening to this too. Uh, see, that's what's going to be, well, I don't know. I, I, after time goes by is when I'll start dissing ex-girlfriends and shit like that. Gotta let, you can't just, you got to give it a little bit of time. You know what I mean? Until I know they're like, right, they ain't listening. And listen, if they do listen to me and hear it, that's fine. I got no problem. I'm not going to say names or anything like that. But I don't know. I just want to, I don't want to shell shock them, you know, after we've like just broke up for a fucking week. Then next thing you know, I'm just talking about it on uh, the number one podcast in Cardiff. Um, <laughs> which you can listen to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, uh, like, share and subscribe. Um, <laughs> well, what else has uh, been going on? Um... Oh, this was a subject I actually wanted to talk about, was uh, pensions. That was kind of a random topic, but um, I came home today and I had a letter in the post that um, it was like an annual statement of uh, pensions because I pay into a private pension for my work and I've been for the past like, four years now. Um, I didn't really fucking want to. I'm like, what am I going to pay you to like entrust you with this money to like when I'm in like my 60s? that I'm going to get this money. I just, I don't know. There was just, uh, I just could sense foul play somewhere. Just, this is bullshit. Something's going to happen. I just didn't trust it. And I was 22 at the time. And I'm like, so you're telling me, like, well, the retirement age is what, 68 now for a man? It's like, guy, that's 44, is it 44? No, 46 years away. Like, you know, the world's going to be so different in 46 years. We probably won't even have money. It'll be some different type of currency. And I was just like, oh, fucking whatever. But I just started doing it anyway. I was like, just in case. But I remember, <laughs> this is the type of guy I am. Uh, the first time that the pension guy came to my works and we were talking, um, I was saying to him about, like, I, I don't want your pension. And I like, and he was like, why? I goes, because I'm not going to need it. And he was like, how's that? I was like, because 
are going to make a lot of money and be successful in comedy. Uh, this was even way before I did a podcast. And he was like, yeah, but if it doesn't work out, I said, it's going to work out. He's like, yeah, but you don't know, don't know that. So, yeah, I do know that. It's going to work out. Like, I understand the possibility of it not happening. 100, I understand that possibility, but I don't even let my mind go there to where it is going to be a possibility. My mind is always at, it's going to happen. And I'm sitting there, 22 years old, you know, I think I was just thinking about getting on stage at that time. And I was like, it's going to happen. I'm just telling this fucking guy, like, I don't need your fucking pension. I'm going to be successful and make a lot of money in stand-up, you know, and be able to retire, you know, hopefully by my 40s or 50s if I wanted to. Just having the power to be able to retire, you know. I was like, but you know what, fuck it, I'll do your little shitty pension, you know, just to kind of, you know, have extra money when I'm older. And I kept, I just kept tormenting the guy for like the next couple of times that he was coming, he remembered me and shit like that. And uh, I had the annual, annual statement today, which kind of shows what roughly what I'll be worth um, by the time I'm 68 and kind of all the details of um, how much you'll get a month and all the logistics and uh, what they estimate it could be by the age of 68 for me, which is 42 years away. They think my pension is going to be worth around 84 grand. And I looked at that number and I thought, what the fuck? Like, so what you're telling me is that 46 years of my life is worth 84 grand. Now, I know that might be a bit weird for people to wrap their heads around, but you show up five days a week, go work for eight hours a day. Um, I think people's... A lot of people think about retirement. You work to eventually be able to retire, especially with like a kind of the job that I do when I work in like a factory machine operating. You know, you want to get enough money saved behind, pay it out, off, retire and live comfortably. And I looked at that number and I thought, fuck that. You know, I'm going to make more than that uh, without this pension. You know, so I'm not even thinking about that number. And if I just, I don't know, I, I was like, that's fucked up. Like, that's kind of like, that's, basically, I looked at this like, that's the goal that you want me to strive for, in a way, is when I'm 68, I'll get, I have 84 grand, and they'll pay me two, three hundred pound a month, and you get your, your state pension on top, and like, like that's just not where my, where my head's at with it. Um, my mind is, you know, when it comes to money, the money side of things. I want to have enough money to ne never have to worry about it and for my family to never have to worry about money. So that's what I'm at with that. Like, yeah, it'd be nice to have the extra 84 grand, you know, just to, you know, go towards whatever, just to be extra. But I thought, fuck that. It just, it just motivated me. Um, so it just gave me more energy to keep doing what I'm doing and pushing forward and working hard. Because I'm like, fuck that. When I'm 68, give me 84 grand. And they, I get a tax in ass, they can cheeky fucks. Like we're paying these, pe these private pension companies. Like the reason they even exist is because we pay into them. Like without people paying into them, there's no money. You know what I mean? It's a crazy world out there, you know? Um, some, uh, what else has been going on? Oh, um, I recently talked about, you know, finding a book uh, by Phonebox. And it was the Da Vinci Code book uh, written by Dan Brown. And I didn't know that that's actually a thing, that, you know, these old telephone boxes are being turned into, like, almost libraries where people just, like, put books there, you know, for people to have and shit like that. And kind of a weird... I don't know why the phone box is the... You know, that's the area now where people are like, it used to be like, you go into a library, no one can talk, but now you go into a library and you can make a fucking phone call if you've got the correct change, you know? And um, I uh, was walking past that uh, phone box uh, today, um, not far from the one I went to previously, when I found the fucking Dan Brown book, The Da Vinci Code, and found some more, you know? And this one had 
fucking stacks of books and that. And uh, I was like, look, for him, I was like, right, what we got here then? Just seeing if there was any ones that would catch my eye. And I actually got three, um, which I'm becoming a bit of a, a, a book motherfucker uh, as of late. I had a couple of books anyway, uh, but like finding these really interesting ones and random ones, uh, I like it. And I've also just got a list of books I really want to uh, get as well, like Outliers and The War of Art. Um, I've listened to an audio book, but I really just like the book, uh, The War of Art. Um, what's the other ones? Like Anything by Malcolm Gladwell. And I fucking like, I can't even think of them at the moment. See, I can't even think of a book title, let alone fucking read one. But um, the books that I found... Uh, I found is this big book of facts. It's like a fat ass book. It's fucking I don't know how many pages it is, but it's it is what you'd imagine like a big ass library book of facts to look like. I don't know how many fucking pages is it. There's um there's a lot. It's a thick ass book, and I thought this would be good. We're saying it's got over two hundred thousand facts. Now this one would be good, uh, I think, for the podcast. I I could just like. Sh- uh, just have a little quick look through it, you know, find out maybe like an interesting fact and share it on the podcast and maybe just learn a fucking thing or two. Now, listen, I understand that when there's a book that's called the book of facts, that it, there's probably not, everything's probably not a fact in it. You know, it's like going to the truth.com and, you know, you know what I mean? It's just, who knows? I like, I don't know. Like, I'm not that smart. You know, I've got knowledge in certain things, but... You know, this shit got about science and history and the universe and fucking, you know, nations of the world and whatever. It's like, what else is in there? Oh, some sports shit and, and art. And so this could really be an interesting tool, I think, for the podcast. And that's why I picked it up. Like, this could be um, quite a valuable asset. And plus, it's something I would never really buy. Like, I'm, like if I'm going to go buy a book, I'm never looking for a book of fucking facts, you know? Because um, we have Google for that. Uh, but now I have it in book form, I guess it gets me off my phone for a little bit. And um, another one I got is called Ripped, which uh, this looks really interesting because this book, uh, from what I'm guessing, um, is about the music industry and about intellectual property and kind of, you know, how the internet... The internet's effect on the music industry and um, what else is about? So I just kind of like read the back of it and didn't really... I haven't gone into any of these yet. But um, yeah, it just kind of explores that world, you know, about... I I bet there is something I could learn from this um, and like translate it to uh, my podcast and comedy. You know, this stuff about... What's it going on here? Um... It's got creativity, it's about creativity. It says the feedback loop of creativity, um, Napster versus Metallica, um, what else? MTV shit, fucking artwork stuff, and all just, you know, it just seems like an interesting uh, book. I've never heard of it before, but you know, I'm always trying to fill my brain with some knowledge. And uh, last but not least, the third book that I found, you know, this is just a gem. Um, it's called The Future Adventures of an Idiot Abroad by Cal Pilkington. Um, I'm, I'm assuming people listening to this know who Cal Pilkington is. If you don't, uh, he was on the Ricky Gervais show and they made a show around him, you know, when he was like traveling the world and doing all these different things. And he has a crazy personality, you know what I mean? And uh I gotta be honest, this is, uh, I'm excited to have found this one. This is like my type of shit. Like about just this guy with like a personality, you know, sort of in the comedy world, you know, traveling the world and, you know, kind of giving his view on the world and his perspective. And I just, it's, it's a really uh, cool book by the looks of it. And I can't wait to get into it. This is a get, like, this is a big book as well. You know, this, this, uh, putting them in libraries is a good fucking, uh, putting them in libraries. Uh, putting them in a phone box is a good fucking idea. You know, I'm getting free books. I've got, well, I've, I've had like four books. The Da Vinci Code and these three. So, you know, I've got more books than I ever had. You know, and I've only read a couple of pages of some of them. You know what I mean? So, who knows? I might just have, 
you know, a load of books in my home soon that I'm just not really reading. But uh, I've got to get into it because I feel like uh, the more that I read, it'll probably help me become a better writer, uh, to be honest, especially because eventually I would like to write uh, movies and write comedy shows and sketches and all things like that. So it's, uh, I just think you'll compliment it. And um, Stephen King says that in his book on writing, uh, which I listened to, um, I think I only got maybe a couple of hours into it. It's a long fucking audio book. And uh, he says that on there that um, how to become a better writer um, is by reading and just engulfing yourself in the world and seeing how stories form and stuff like that. So uh, it's really exciting. So listen, if you did the books, you want to go and read, you want to fill your brain with some knowledge, you know, go to your local phone box and uh, see what happens, you know? You might find a gem or two. You know, maybe you need saving. You might find the Bible. You know, maybe you're looking to get good at chess. You might find a book on chess. You never know what you're going to find. Uh, there was um, a book on a football player there, Steven Gerrard. You know, but I couldn't give a fuck about that. So I was like, and no one else did because it was still there. So I was like, yeah, I'll just leave that there. But um, yeah, they got like all random ones in there. Like, um, just, I don't know, just weird stories I've just never heard before. Um, I'll know if it's one I'm going to like. Um, either by the author or just how it looks or the subject matter. <sighs> then it's also just like, you know, auto trader magazines in there about like different cars and shit like that. Um, not really like the history of them, just like you can go and buy this car locally um, here if you want to sort of thing. So yeah, check out your local phone box. Um, tell them I send you. Oh, what's going on in the world? Um, they're doing a fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot, you know, with our Uncle Phil, man. Rest in peace, James Avery, you know. Uncle Phil was a legend. Um, I feel like especially those of my generation, he was like a father figure to a lot of us. You know, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was, it was the shit. You know, my favorite show back then was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know, it was so good. You almost kind of felt part of the family. Um, it was great, hilarious. I'd be interested to see what this reboot's gonna be like. Um, they posted a picture together, uh, the cast, um, it looks mad, like how old they, it makes, kind of makes you feel old, like Jeffrey's got grey hair and shit like that, <laughs> like it looks fucking mad, um, but I'd be excited to see what they do with it, um, and what angle they take, because everyone knows how it ended, you know what I mean, so I'd be interested to see where that goes, um, I think they're doing it on like, is it NBC or H HBO, something like that, <sighs> which that I think is a mistake. If you're going to do a fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot with the original cast, it needs to be on one of the big players, like a Netflix or something like that. Because they're not being funny. Like, who has NBC? Who has HBO? we got to sign up for HBO just to get that. Maybe that's their angle. HBO or NBC are trying to get more subscribers or whatever the fuck or more viewers. But listen, TV is kind of dead. You know, Netflix is where it's at. Or Now TV or Amazon, these other competitors. Uh, but as far as just like regular TV, those days are long gone. You know what I'm saying? So that's coming out. It's fucking Borat 2. Um, Yeg Shemesh, I think is what he used to say. Uh, I think that's been filmed already. Um, you know, I've been seeing pictures of him like waving a flag um, on social media. You know, saying that it's uh, going gonna to be coming out. So... When did that first one come out? That's got to be at least 10 years ago. You know, mid-2000s, maybe. I think it was before 2010. And that was a, just a cultural hit. You know, Borat hit in a big fucking way. And you know what I think in today's world, with how things are, it's good that a film like Borat is coming out. Uh, the second one, I don't know what it's going to be like, but, you know with how PC everything is and everyone's fucking offended by everything. You kind of need something like that. And Sasha Baron Cohen is a legend. Like the characters that he's played, like Ali G, uh, which is kind of, you know, I've done myself as a cartoon, like in that sort of theme of that character for this episode. And, you know, he's had him, Borat, who was the other ones? The dictator, like... 
he's a he's an amazing actor. Um, I don't know what what is it like character impersonation, something like that. Um, so yeah, I have no doubt that'll be a fucking amazing movie, and that will kill it. Um, in terms of like of viewers and popularity and shit like that. Uh, so I'm excited for that. I don't know when that's coming out. I'm assuming next year because who the fuck knows what's going on for the rest of this year. You know, we're fucking, we're into September and it was January, literally 10 seconds ago. You know, this uh, this year has just gone quick as fuck. I can't believe how quick it's gone. You know, maybe because I've been drinking too much coffee throughout this year. I've had a little bit of caffeine, so maybe time just goes quicker for me. But um, I don't know, maybe you feel the same. Oh, I got some UFC fucking updates, which I want to get into. Uh, first off, Dustin Poirier and Tony Ferguson. Uh, that fight was announced recently. You know, when I spoke around my show about how I'm excited as fuck. That is a banger of a fight. Uh, one of the best fights of lightweight that you can make right now. Um, outside of Khabib and Gaethje and Connor versus whoever, basically. Um, and it was breaking news that... It's now been cancelled. You know, Dustin Poirier couldn't come to terms with the UFC. You know, um, obviously they weren't paying, they weren't offering him the money that he wanted. Um, and to be honest with you, I think he deserves. Now, obviously, I'm not sure what the number is, but Dustin doesn't seem like an unrealistic guy. Um, I think he understands his worth. You know, Dustin has exploded as of recent. Um, he just has with his performances. And that, and he's uh, and for a fight like that, Poirier and Ferguson, you know, with what's going on with the UFC right now, where there's no crowds and shit like that, you know, like compensate the guy. These guys fight for a living, and Dustin Poirier says, "I'm a prize fighter. I fight if the prize is right." And I got, I like that he's sticking to his guns like that. Now, not every UFC fighter has the power, or they're not even in the position to do that. Um, but I feel like Dustin Poirier is. Um, he, I think he's earned it. He stepped up at times uh, when the UFC needed it. Always puts on great fights. I can't remember the last time he was in a boring fight. You know, his fight with Dan Hooker was ridiculous. His fight with Max Holloway was crazy. Even the Khabib fight for the second before, oh shit, Dustin's going to do it. Um, yeah, so... I hope that it gets figured out and that we can, they can make this fight happen um, because everyone wants to see it. The fans want it. I'm sure the UFC want it, um, but they just don't want to cough up the money a minute. Um, maybe they're struggling for money. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, but obviously, I don't know. I'm not sitting there at the negotiation table and, you know, I'm not a fly on the wall when Dustin... That's his management and Dana and I are talking and talking about money and stuff like that. But, you know, like sometimes you got to just sit and think how lucky you are that you don't have to do these type of things to make a living, like to feed yourself and keep a roof over your head and take care of your families. You literally have to go and fight another grown man in a cage. Like, you know, fuck, man. So I, don't, I hope Dustin Poirier gets uh, the money he wants and I hope we get to see that fight. Uh, because, you know, Tony Ferguson is going to be out of an opponent otherwise. And uh, I don't know, maybe Connor can slide in, maybe. But the most interesting news has come out of UFC. The thing I, I just... It was all I wanted. You know, with Sims of UFC, I just... It was the thing that I wanted. And Nate, uh, Nick Diaz... And we said Nick then, fucking hell. Uh, Nick Diaz is returning to the UFC 2021. We don't have a date yet, but apparently next year... Um, see, I said Nate on accident because Nick hasn't fought in six years. His last fight was Anderson Silva, you know, and since that, like, Nate has just become one of the biggest stars he is in the UFC. Almost bigger, well, he is bigger than Nick now, whereas before when Nick was in the UFC at the height of his career, you know, Nick was the guy and Nate was just Nick's little brother, you know, wasn't a big star yet. And then Nick, you know, isn't fighting, you know, because of weed, because he got tested positive for weed and they fucking banned him, which is ridiculous. And then Nate just became this huge superstar, you know, had these fights and beat Conor McGregor and had all that, that whole thing. And, you know, now the BMF title, he's, 
probably the biggest star outside of Connor is Connor Masvidal and Nate uh, and Starbender and John Jones, I'd say. And if Nick comes back, I think it'll be huge. But I gotta be honest, I think the majority of the MMA, MMA fans today uh, don't know who Nick is. Um, I think they just know him as Nate's big brother now, which is weird because the dynamic has switched between uh, Nick and Nate, you know? So, listen, Nick's uh, done a 14 week uh, like camp, so to speak, I don't know if it was a fight camp, but he's been training, you know, getting in shape. And I think they said he's between 175 and 165. So he could fight at a welterweight, which there's some fun matchups from a welterweight. You know, there's, he could fight Masvidal. He could fight Colby Covington. He could fight Woodley. There's some fun matchups from a 170. Um, but Darren Till threw his name in the mix. You know, he's a 185. And Nick did fight a 185 in his last fight against Anderson Silva, even though he's been a 170 and a 155er uh, for his career. Um, Darren Till and Nick, that, that's, a, that's a good fight to make. Um, I don't know if that will be the fight that gets made, though. Um, Nick is... Nick is... We'll guess somewhere like... Maybe GSP rematch. Maybe Anderson Silva rematch. Maybe a Masvidal. Maybe a Connor. Nick versus Connor is probably... If I could pick like a dream fight that I'd want to see. If I had one choice. It would be Nick Diaz and Conor McGregor. Um, stylistically, the whole fucking entertainment of it. The press conferences and shit. Just the whole thing would be crazy. And Nick Diaz is my favourite fighter of all time. Um, I've said that before. Um, I have favourite fighters. Well, I have a lot of different favourite fighters. But if I had to pick one, it definitely is Nick. Um, his boxing, his style, uh, is the way he is in, in the cage. Um, just kind of his demeanour. Uh, you know, Nick's a smart guy. Um, people just see... Him and his UFC interviews, they think, oh, he's just a fucking weed and he's stupid and stuff like that. That's not the case. He is a smart, intellectual motherfucker. Um, I've heard him on podcasts, I listen to him talk, like, okay, uh, maybe you just don't like talking to people. Maybe because he just wants to fight and he's going to sit here dealing with this shit, you like, you know? So I'm excited for Nick to come back. Um, I hope it gets done. Uh, the UFC don't fuck around with this and uh, get him back in there and also pay him what he's worth. Is Nick Diaz. He was one of the first um, entertainment sort of guys. Like, like the energy that surrounds Conor McGregor in, in terms of his personality, uh, the Diaz brothers were that before Conor was even on the scene. Uh, 100%. Same as guys like Rampage Jackson. Like, I would argue Rampage Jackson was the first um, personality entertainment star in the UFC. You know, he would knock people out and then do like a fucking wolf howl. You know, he had like a massive chain around his neck. You know, he was a character, so to speak. Uh, even though it's who he was, he had like just this large and like personality. And, uh, you know, Nick is in that group, one of the OGs of it. Um, fought everywhere, multiple fight organizations, fought in Pride, Strike Force, Elite XC, UFC, fought everywhere. And uh, a veteran. He has been out of the game six years. Who knows if you'll experience ring rust. I think if you don't do anything for the six years, there's going to be a bit of a difference. But who knows? Um, I'm just excited to see him get back in there and start scrapping. You know what I mean? And people go like, oh, well, I want to see uh, Nick and Nate fight each other. It's like, shut the fuck up. That'll just never happen. They're brothers. It ain't never going to happen. Um, I don't know. Maybe you can find some sparring videos of um. But in terms of those fighting each other in the UFC, it just ain't happening. Um, Nick versus Masvidal is a great fight. Uh, Nick versus Connor, you know, that's crazy. Now, imagine they got Connor versus Nick, main event, and Nate versus Jorge, co-main event. That's all you need. You don't even need to have a card under that. Just those two fights, you know. And they'll fucking, you know, sell three million pay-per-views. Maybe even more. You know what I mean? So... There's a lot of fun stuff coming up with the UFC. I'm just excited Nick's coming back. I'm hoping Paulie gets that figured out and he gets paid his worth. And I'm just looking forward to some exciting fights. We've got 
Starbender and Paulo Costa coming up soon and some other fun matchups. So it's a good time to be a UFC fan. Uh, a lot of fights in store for us. Um, to close out the show, I'm going to get into one of my favorite segments on this show. Uh, there's not going to be a part of every single episode now going forward, uh, but it'll be in there now and again. And uh, who knows? That's the thing. We don't know what's going to happen each episode on the Luke Cartman show. So without further ado, let me take a sip of my coffee. Ah, it is questions from the internet. Ah, question number one. What movies have had the biggest impact on you? Um, who's had the biggest impact? Um, I gotta be honest, 8 Mile. As cheesy as people might think that is. Um, 8 Mile, when I saw that as a kid, um, it changed me. Uh, it just did. And, you know, I watched that movie every day for a long time. I just, it gave me energy. Um, I felt like I could kind of relate to it even as a kid. And when I got older, it just became more and more relatable to me and apparent of, I kind of just understood it a bit more, uh, going through something similar um, to that. And I don't know, that journey, I feel like I'm, I'm on sort of like some fucking eight mile shit. You know what I mean? Uh, I do make that joke sometimes that like, you know, I'm on an eight mile road. You know, there's that song and it's, uh, you know, when he's on the bus and he takes out his, like, notes of, like, they're just written everywhere and he's got his earphones in, he's just looking around out the bus window, looking at the city, you know, looking at the environment or, like, the buildings are fucked up and, you know, Detroit's fucked and he's just, like, looking at words and writing stuff down and kind of looking around and absorbing things and he's trying to make the best out of his situation and he's kind of like an outcast but he's like fuck it I'm gonna prove everyone wrong and make something of myself and I just I like that story the rags to riches you know you're not supposed to make it but you're gonna make it anyway you know I love that story that inspires me and motivates me and it's a great fucking movie so yeah 8 Mile had the biggest impact on me I'd say uh, next question what is the most trashy thing about you um, what's the most trashy thing about me? Uh, probably my mayonnaise intake. You know, white people love mayonnaise and I'm no stranger to a fucking jar of mayo, you know what I'm saying? Um, other than that, I don't really know. You know, I'm a clean guy. You know, I clean my house fully every two days. Um, I like shit organised. I don't want to live in a shit all. Um... You know, shower twice a day, brush my teeth twice a day. You know, I keep it together the best I can. Um, a trashy thing about us, a trashy thing. Uh, when I was a kid, I ate those, they were called, what are they called? Well, they're chicken dinosaurs. You know, that's some blue collar growing up, not much money, eating fucking chicken, they're shaped like fried chicken or whatever it was, chicken and batter maybe. You know, shaped like dinosaurs and fucking potato smiley faces. That's the kind of nutrition that was fucking flown around the Corbin household when I was a kid, like, you know what I mean? Um, I just wouldn't even look at a vegetable as a kid. I was like, nah, fuck that. I just wouldn't have it. And now, you know, I'm finding myself eating way healthier than I've ever eaten uh, because I just probably just didn't for a long time. You know, but I survived. You know, I made it out. Um, I was a skinny kid, you know, but I was kind of ripped, you know, so... Um, yeah, I'd say they're trashy things about me, just maybe just uh, the foods I used to eat and uh, the mayonnaise, which is still a part of my life. But um, I definitely cut back on the mayo because, you know, too much mayo fucking give you a headache, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> next question. How do you vent your anger? Um, how do I vent my anger? Well, I don't scream into pillows. Like I know some people use that technique. Um, and I don't just be like, if I'm about to kick off, I'm like, I'm on a beach, at the ocean, like some anger management technique. Um, like I don't do none of that. Um, I don't write it down like, today I felt angry. Um, I was upset. Um, I, like, you know what I mean? I didn't just like try and write it out to make me fucking feel better. How do I vent it? I kind of, um, 
how do I vent my anger? Um, to be honest, I, th I think I turn it into something else. Like I'll take, like say if I'm pissed off about something, um, I'll turn it into energy in order for me to say, write a joke or record a podcast. I f I'll flip the energy. Um, so I just turn, it's almost like turning a negative into a positive is what it is. Um, and that's a skill that I learned from stand-up, uh, being able to switch an energy into something else. So that is how I vent it. Um, if I had a punch bag, you know, I did the fuck out of that. You know, let off some steam. Uh, maybe lift weights too. That helps me vent. Um, I don't know. It's kind of just maybe shout at people in my own head. Like, you know, we do that sometimes where we're just like, if you're pissed off with someone or something, just kind of just start arguing with people in your head and thinking of these scenarios and like, well, if they say this, I'm going to say this. And you know what I mean? It just never goes that way. But uh, it's kind of fun to do. I'm sure there's various ways that uh, vent your anger. Some people do yoga. You know, some people go out and just knock people out. You know, just whatever floats your boat, you know what I'm saying? Um, and the final question from the internet today. Um, if animals could talk, which would be the rudest? The rudest animal. Um, which would be the rudest animal? I would say maybe a sloth, because they're so just kind of chill and don't give a fuck about you. I just feel like they should be giving you no energy and just kind of just like looking at you. They're just swinging from a tree. No, they don't even swing, do they? They just kind of just stand, not stand there even. They just hold on for dear life and just kind of look around all stoned and stuff. I feel like they would be rude. You know, they wouldn't answer you or nothing like that. Um, koala bears, I feel like, would just be kind of um, aggressive. You know, they've all tested positive for chlamydia. You know, so they're pissed about that. Um, right, animal would be rude. Um, tigers would they be rude I don't know maybe they would just be cool um, I feel like chimpanzees may be a bit fucking rude you know what I mean like you even see them now like they're smoking cigarettes they're flipping the middle finger to people they're throwing their shit at people you know they're swinging their trees they're, sh they're showing their ass they just they don't give a fuck for no one so yeah there's uh, various animals in the animal kingdom that I think will be complete to wats. Um, and that was Questions from the internet. Ah, I just thought I'd do a short edition of questions from the internet there. A couple of ones. This episode has flown by. 57 motherfucking minutes in, man. Damn. Uh, there was even some questions I didn't get to on that one, which I can save for the next episode. Or maybe even the episode after that. Uh, we never know what's going to happen uh, with the Luke Cartman show. You know? Um, again, thank you everyone uh, who's been listening and supporting me. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying the show, enjoying the content, the artwork, podcasts, ev and everything that's been related to this show. Um, and I'm excited. I'm glad you could all be here uh, and celebrate this with me. Um, I'm just excited for another 50 and even beyond that. Um, it's great, man. Nine months in. I love this show so fucking much. Um, I've grown a lot from it. Um, and I've learned a lot from it. And uh, yeah, I'm just uh, humbled um, and excited for the future. I'm on a fucking roll at the moment. You know, I'm going to be cranking out two, two a week is definitely going to be the thing. Um, no matter how hard it gets, it's going to be two a week. Um, and I'm going to just switch up every show the best I can and see what happens. Here's the thing, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be chaos. Um, and I love that. So... Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Again, you can go follow me on social media at Luke Cortman on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if they're not to spot Cortman, you should probably go fuck yourself because, you know, it's the, it's like it's blatantly just right there. It's called the Luke Cartman Show, so I don't know, maybe you've got dysle you're dyslexic or something like that. So, you know what I mean, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, go follow me on social media. Uh, DM me if you're interested in some merch. Uh, limited edition t-shirts are available right now. Um, and there's going to be more coming up in the future. Um, stickers available also and also don't forget to like share and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify anchor fm and many more platforms um, i hope you've all enjoyed this episode i will be back friday with another episode episode 51 of the luke cartman show uh everyone tune in then uh and everyone have a good week you know wear your masks wear condoms you know, take your head medication, take your vitamins, do a couple push-ups, and you know, go and live your dreams, make the world your bitch.
You know what I'm saying? Um, this is the Luke Cartman Show. I'm Luke Cartman. Thank you all for joining me. Episode 50. I'll be back with you all soon. Take care, everyone. Holla. Thank you.